Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. The girls over at Lone Deodorant asked me to do things a little bit different this time. Instead of sounding like the ads that we normally do, I want you to want to listen to this. So they asked me to share my own experience with a natural deodorant that they passionately believe will convert all of us. We have a huge round of yoga retreats and trainings coming up, and that means I'll be in the yoga shala for hours on end with all of our new groups. In order to stay fresh and ready for anything, my office will be stocked with a huge supply of Lone Deodorant. It's all I use. Made with salt from the Dead Sea, Lone Deodorant has naturally deodorizing properties and it actually works, unlike other natural brands that I've come across. Before Lone, I tried to switch to natural deodorants so many times in my life, but I always went back to those toxic brands. I just couldn't find anything natural that lasted longer than an hour or two. And when you're a yoga teacher getting up and close and personal with your students to assist them in class, that just doesn't work. With one application, Lone keeps me fresh all day long without putting toxic chemicals on, in, or near my body. It's free of aluminum, parabens, and all the other toxic usuals. It doesn't stain your clothes, contains no baking soda, so there's no chance of getting those itchy and rashy underarms. Actually, unlike many deodorants, Lone's ingredients condition your underarms, resulting in smooth and soft armpits with long-term use. Smell fresh all day long doing those activities you love and do it confidently with Lone Deodorant. If you're ready to try it and see if it will end your search for a deodorant you can rely on, visit their website, LoneDeodorant.com. That's L-O-N-E Deodorant.com. And use the code YOGAGIRL for 20% off of your first order. That's the code YOGAGIRL at LoneDeodorant.com for 20% off of your first order of a deodorant you will use for the rest of your life. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. We are back home in Aruba and life is really, really good. And I forgot to turn my phone on silent. <laughs> Great start to this week's podcast. Yay. So uh, we spent three whole weeks in Sweden. It was a total whirlwind and and we had such a beautiful time in Sweden and Stockholm. We uh, stayed at this awesome, awesome hotel and I'm super happy. We sold our apartment that we had in Sweden and I was a little bit nervous about being in Stockholm because we don't have a place to stay and we stayed at a hotel which we haven't done in Stockholm in a super, super long time. It's called Downtown Camper. It's right down the central station and it's probably the most kid-friendly place we've been in in Stockholm, I think, honestly, of, of all of them. Um, they, they have even like, they have this these huge halls and this big lobby where the baby was kind of running up and down and they had a lot of really vegan-friendly food. So we had a really easy time with her there. We were able to get a room where she could have a separate space for her crib. It was just, they were so, so, so welcoming. And my favorite part was in the very lobby, they have a huge net that hangs from the ceiling where they do meditations after work. Like it was just like, oh, like downtown camper. Just, oh, it was like kind of made for us, which is super weird. So if you're ever in Stockholm, go go check that place out. We were super happy to be there. Really calm and quiet and beautiful and really intense and wild all at the same time. And right now we're back home and kind of settling back into day-to-day life here in Aruba. And I'm just, oh, I, I, I feel really good. I don't know. I don't know how, how else to explain it. I feel a little bit all over the place. We, uh, we do this new thing. I don't know if I've shared it in the podcast yet. No, I haven't shared it in the podcast yet. Okay. So last week we introduced a brand new thing that we're calling Sunday sharings, uh, in the yoga girl community group on Facebook. So uh, if you haven't joined yet, this is like, okay, I'm super glad that I get to kick off the podcast and immediately drop into talking about this, but we launched or I launched the Yoga Girl community group on Facebook, which 
oh, I, I don't even know where to begin. It's so fucking amazing. Um, if you're in the community group, you, you're probably smiling really big right now just listening to this. Like You know how unbelievably amazing it is. Uh, if you aren't in the community group, how can I explain? The urge for me to, to start something um, off of you know kind of the regular social media structures that we normally use, uh, I just I wanted to create a really safe and trusted space. I mean, that's, that's, that's really it. So I find on, on Instagram, I love it when people start interacting with each other in the comment section of my posts. And uh, sometimes there's discussion and debate. And, you know, sometimes it happens that I'll, I'll, I'll share something about how I'm feeling. And then I ask in my caption, you know, how are you right now? Share this. And then someone shares like they're, they're going through something difficult. And then there's always a few people in there uh, that kind of comment or reply to that person's comment, sharing how, oh, you know, I feel you or we're here or, you know, I went through the same thing or you can do this, or just sending love, you know, it's just some sort of support, or just kind of letting them know that they're not alone. And it's the most beautiful thing. And it's what we see here in the retreats and trainings that I do in Aruba as well. And basically, launching Yoga Curl as a movement and a brand, so making it, you know, bigger than just an account on Instagram has been all about this, all about wanting to replicate the heart of what we create in the Luna Shala, what we create in our groups face to face, um, and bring that into a global space, into the online world as well, because uh, so many people need this connection. Like we all need this connection all the time. And um, and starting the community group on Facebook has been sort of, uh, it's a first step towards something even bigger that I, I can't wait to announce. Uh, and what this community group is so it's a group it's a closed group meaning you have to kind of you have to apply to um, uh, you have to apply to join and someone will approve you. And we have our uh, beautiful teachers that have graduated the training with me uh, that have been trained to moderate this group, which means there's someone reading every single comment, every interaction, everything that happens in this group, there is someone holding space for that to happen. So um, if there's any, yeah, any bullshit of any kind, any drama. Um, we encourage healthy discussion for sure. It's not like, you know, we kick people out of the group if you don't agree with everything. That's not at all the case. But um, any of that judgmental kind of nastiness that we often see in social media is just not welcome here. Uh, and we have already, I mean, we have 10,000 something members in the group already. And we launched it and I kind of introduced it as this, you know, it's, it's a safe space and we're going to be able to share our insecurities and our fears and our pains and our grief and our sorrow. And of course, our pride and joy and gratitude and, you know, happiness and all of that with people who are just here to listen, right? With people who are truly living, you know, the same type of lifestyle. Um, we're all on the same path. We're all looking for similar things. We're all on this path of healing. And the plan was for me to launch this group. And then I had kind of, you know, several posts planned and I would kind of introduce in the group, you know, here's what we're doing here and welcome to the community group on Facebook. And, you know, like kind of what I'm sharing now in the podcast, like I wanted to launch this group because blah, blah, blah. Um, and then the most magical thing <laughs> happened. Um, we announced the group kind of briefly, uh, immediately, you know, thousands of people started kind of joining Um and before I got a chance to even interact or to even share kind of, you know, the things I had planned to share in the group, people started introducing themselves in a really authentic, you know, heartfelt way. So someone would say, you know, hi, my name is so-and-so, I'm from here. And uh, this is, you know, what I'm moving through in my life right now. Like, this is really hard for me. And I've been struggling with this and, you know, just kind of long sharings about where they're at in life, things that are difficult for them or fears or pain. And without anyone urging anyone to do anything, the response just came pouring in, you know, but not from me or, or the moderators of the group, but from the community. So you'll find just kind of, you know, regular posts from someone sharing something that they're going through. And there's hundreds of comments on each one from people, from people like you and me, just from, you know, the, the depths of their heart offering, uh, offering genuine support and just, just sending love. And that's, that sort of just took off on its own. So I don't know, I spent maybe like a week in this group without interacting with anybody, just in awe, like reading every post, watching everything that happened in this group. And just with this big fat realization of like, no one needs me here. <laughs> and I like, I get this like crazy big smile on my face when I say that, because 
oh, it's the most beautiful thing. Like, like no one needs me here. Like this is community taking care of community, everybody supporting each other without there having to be any sort of, you know, encouragement for that, for that at all. It's just human beings being human beings. Um, and it's, oh, it's so, so amazing. Um, so if you're looking for a space that's, I guess, a little more or a lot more in depth um, than Instagram, I would just deeply, deeply recommend that you go. You can search Yoga Girl Community on Facebook and you'll find us right away. Um, and we have a couple of commitments, like you're going to have to kind of uh, take a vow of, you know, there's confid- a confidentiality vow in there. We never share what anyone else is sharing about. Um, there is no unsolicited advice giving, for instance, is one of our commitments that unless someone is asking explicitly for advice, we don't tell anyone what to do, even if it's, you know, wrapped up in this kind recommendation. Uh, but it's really a safe space to share and to connect. And there's already people meeting up all over the world. Like it's, oh, it's turning into something way way more amazing than I could have imagined. Um, So go join if you haven't already. And yes, of course, if you don't, you know, abide within the commitments of the group, um, if you troll, if you're mean, if you're just like not a nice person, uh, you risk getting kicked out of the group and you won't like back in, be let back in. Or if you, um, if you betray the confidentiality agreement, of course. So if you haven't joined already, join. Um, And what we announced in this group or what we started doing is Sunday sharings, which means that every single Sunday, and right now it's me kicking this off every Sunday, but um, as this grows, it could be any of the moderators in the group or technically it could be anyone in the group starting this. And every week we have a specific theme or a sharing theme. And I kick it off Sunday morning or Sunday, yeah, try to make it Sunday morning uh, with me going live from the Yoga Girl page, but only in the Yoga Girl community group. So you can't see this unless you're a part of the community group. And I do a sharing. You know, I, I talk about sharings so much on this podcast. Yeah, I think you guys know deeply what it means by now. Um, but last week's topic was just how am I feeling right now? Something as simple as that. And, you know, knowing that there's no one on the other end urging you on or like, you know, there's no one you have to perform for or entertain or, you know, you don't have to try to be interesting. You can just, you know, you, you turn on your the camera on your phone or on your computer and just you just share from the heart. Like, how am I feeling right now? And when I did this, and of course, it's a little bit different for me because I, I go live and I do it kind of live in front of everybody in real time. And of course, most people or I guess everyone in the group know me and everyone else is a little bit more anonymous. But other than that, you know, it's it's this very deeply personal space also for me. And I got to share this Sunday and I didn't know it was going to come up at all. I was looking forward to having this safe, sacred space just to share how, how I'm feeling. Um, and I didn't kind of have any, you know, other expectation than that. And of course, right away, I dropped into something really deep and I started crying and it just... What came up for me had so much to do with me wanting to, me wanting to experience being on the other end uh, of this community, like me wanting to be this anonymous, uh, unseen person. Like I would love to, and I think about this all the time. Like I share that in this sharing live that uh, almost every retreat that I lead or every training that we do, uh, there's always one point in the middle of that program where I tell Dennis, like, oh, I wish I could be a participant here. Um, you know, because there's there's a part of me that like, I want to be in a dark corner of the shala where no one knows who I am, where I don't have to try to be somebody, where there's no expectation, where I don't have to host, where I'm not holding the space, where I'm not leading, teaching, doing, doing, you know, I just want to be a nobody. And <laughs> I shared that and it just came with this big wave of emotion. And it's not like there's anything in, in my life that keeps me from that. Like, it's not like, you know, I live this crazy life where I I can't be on the receiving end. Like, no, of course not. Um, But I create that life, right? So it's not like, it's not lack of resources. Of course, I could take the time to join a retreat. Like, of course I could do that. I have the money, I have the time, I could do that. Um, For me, it's a very emotional thing where uh, I have a hard time allowing myself to receive. And, you know, that's, kind of it's a part of who I am I've been that way my whole life Um, and for me to just really sit back and receive whether it's um, yeah whether it's just having someone hold space for me to share I always have it kind of in the back of my head um, like "Mm, I'm taking up space that someone else you know could be taking up right now which is really weird because I I do this social media thing and, and all of that 
Um, but especially in more intimate situations, like I always have that in the back of my head. I don't want to take up too much space, right? I don't want to be too big or too loud or, um, and, um, allowing myself to fully receive, uh, it's just, it's just not in my, it's like, it's not in my DNA. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, we were talking about this the other day, Dennis and I, that, uh, for us to go on a vacation, I mean, okay, like, let me start off by saying we are super privileged. We live an amazing life. Uh, I don't have like a slave driver boss with a whip. You know, I don't have to sit at the office nine to five. Like I get to make my own schedule. I have a dream job. Our lives are amazing, but we never go on vacations. And that's just, you know, not because of Dennis, like, but it's just because of who I am. The idea of sitting down and just planning a vacation where, you know, for a week or whatever, um, I would be totally off and it would be vacation uh, that's, that's just not something I do. Uh, the one time I've done that in the past couple of years was project alone time, um, which didn't at all feel like, I mean, oh my God, project alone time when I, I left Sweden because I was miserable and I spent six days alone in Aruba before the baby and Dennis came here and it was wrapped up with so much anxiety and guilt. Oh my God, the mom guilt of leaving the baby. Um, and it wasn't like I was going on this dreamy vacation. I just, I felt completely forced to leave Europe, um, because I was, I think I had like a little bout of depression or something. I just, oh, I was, I was totally miserable. And then I guess day two or three of, of project alone time, everything became truly amazing. And I really got to decompress fully, fully for, for at least three or four days. It was amazing. Um, but that's basically the time off <laughs> that I've had in the past couple of years. Because even on an off day, you know, if I'm not leading a group or if I'm not all day on my computer or taking meetings or answering emails, like I'm never off. You know, I'm always on in some capacity, whether it's through social media or through planning or through, yeah, just keeping all of our businesses going. Um, I have a really hard time delegating and a hard time letting go. And I'm kind of a control freak and a perfectionist. So it kind of comes with a job. <laughs> but um, but yeah, and then we know now, like we're entering now, tomorrow is the first day of our, um, I have to think, what month is it? Our October retreat. And then we have a two-day break and then we go into 23 days, almost a whole month of yoga teacher training. And then we have a short break and then we have another retreat. So it's almost two whole months of back-to-back programs. So it's like I'm taking a deep breath right now and diving in. And I know this time is going to be really intense. So a little while ago, you know, I just had this idea with Dennis. I'm like, hey, should we go on a vacation or something after program? And he was like, vacation? Like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't know. Should we like go on a retreat? find a resort somewhere <laughs> and lie on a beach. And he's like, well, that's what people come to Aruba to do. So for us, the idea of like a resort vacation, like we've never done that. We had a, we had a five week honeymoon in 2014 after we got married, which was fully like, you know, vacation. Um, but I still worked, you know, I still, I had my computer open every day. I was on social media every day. Like I was still working. Um, so the idea of just completely turning everything off, decompressing, having vacation, like it's, it's a very unknown thing for me. So this idea of fully receiving and, um, and whenever we do go places, because of course we travel and, uh, all of, all of our experiences of being off or traveling for leisure, uh, we've never done that. Dennis and I, it's always wrapped up into something that has to do with work. So for me, it's like, oh, okay, wait, I would love to go to Costa Rica. Oh, I miss it so much. Let's do a retreat there. That's just how my brain works. Like the idea of just, oh, you miss Costa Rica. You want to go to see your friends in Costa Rica. Go enjoy Costa Rica. No, like my brain is like, oh, let's do a retreat there. And then I would book and plan and sell a retreat. And then, you know, the 10 days that we have in Costa Rica, like two of those days would be preparing for the retreat. And then we'd have seven days actually retreating. And then we'd have one day after the retreat. And that one day would be that, you know, <laughs> the vacation, I guess. Um, so I just, I just do that all the time. Like we would book something or plan something or classes or whatever. And then I would tie in, okay, well, we'll have like two or three days after that where we can enjoy ourselves, which doesn't really actually work. Because for me, it's if I have an engagement or something that I'm doing, it's the preparation building up to get ready for that. And then it's coming down from that. Um, and, and none of that, none of that counts as just sitting back doing nothing. Um, and I suck. I suck at that. I fully, fully, fully suck at that. And, and I want to, I want to get better at it. And I feel kind of silly sharing this. Um, you know, there's like, 
pretty much every single regular normal person out there uh, works a crazy intense job. Like my job is intense, but I choose it, right? There's people out there that just have to fight through really shitty jobs that they hate to put food on the table for their kids. So a part of me feels kind of guilty and a little ashamed that I'm even sharing this, which is also part of this idea that I can't just sit back and, and, and do nothing, right? I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just totally a part of me. And mm, so I shared all of that in the Sunday sharing. And uh, what was, what was beautiful about our trip to Sweden that we just had is I did, I did the path of love where I assisted a path of love in Sweden. And, oh man. And also, of course, you know, path of love, like I was assisting the leader of the, of the whole retreat. So really, really long hours, like waking up at six, going to bed at 11 or 12 and just doing that for eight or nine days straight. It's really intense. It's not by any means, uh, you know, something decompressing to do. It's super, super, super intense. But path of love, the amount of emotional support and the amount of, I guess, positive energy redirected back at me, um, working or assisting or holding space at path of love. It's just, I can't compare it with anything else. I just, I just really, really can't. And the whole, I was down there like nine days, I think down, down in, in Motala, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere in Sweden. I was just so content being there, um, immersed, like fully not leading, that was a beautiful thing. I shared, like, I think two podcasts ago, I uh, I did a podcast, Middle of Path of Love. I titled it Path of Love. So if you haven't listened to it, you can go listen to it. But just being the person, a person who follows and goes with the flow and doesn't make all the decisions and doesn't take the lead all the time. Uh, that was a really, really beautiful practice for me because I never do it. Um, and it's it's hard for me. <laughs> it's hard for me to not take the lead and say, hey, let's do this right now this way or my way, because this way is faster or smarter or better. Um, I, I always do that all the time. I think I have a tendency to sort of bulldoze um, anybody else. Like if, if it's a project I'm leading and it's just, I kind of have my way of, I want to do it this way. I don't think, you know, I there's often times where I don't even listen to other people because just, I just assume that my way is the better way. And this for me is a continuous practice and things that show up for me again and again, especially now, like we have a team of almost 40 people. Um, I can't be a good boss and a good leader if I don't give space for anybody else to 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 rise. And that practice for me, it's just again and again, it's something that shows up where I find that kind of reflex of, but, 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 but my way, <laughs> right? My way is better. My way is faster. And even though genuinely, you know, probably at my core, I still believe that my way is better. It's this practice of, um, of silence, right? Of not diving into that or actually sharing that kind of reflex of, no, 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 let's just do it my way. But just being quiet, giving it some space and then letting other people come with their suggestions and doing it their way. And oftentimes, you know, um, we get to the same place just in a totally different way, which means different learnings and different experiences for everyone. And someone else gets to feel totally empowered um, and run a project A to Z, which is, Oh, so, so, so important. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Leah Luna loves Peppa Pig, raspberries, and brushing her teeth with me in the morning and night. It's one of our favorite family routines. But did you know that most of us are not doing it properly? If you want to make sure you are staying on top of your oral hygiene, I recommend you use Quip. Quip is a next-level electric toothbrush that ensures you're getting the best brush every time. To help guide you through a full and even clean, Quip has a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds so you know when to switch sides. 90% of us don't brush our teeth for a full two minutes and don't clean our mouths evenly. Quip can change that. On top of that, Quip has sensitive sonic vibrations, so this toothbrush is gentle enough for all gums. Most people brush too hard, and some electric toothbrushes can be way too abrasive, but Quip has found that perfect balance. For added convenience, Quip has a multi-use cover. If you're at home, this cover mounts to your mirror to declutter your sink and cabinet. But if you're on the go, the cover will protect your bristles, keep them clean, and make traveling with your electric toothbrush way easier. Not only does Quip have no inconvenient or clunky charger, it runs for three months on one charge, which is absolutely amazing and revolutionary. I never get on a plane without it. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes to be accepted by the American Dental Association. They have thousands of verified five-star reviews. With a perfect clean each and every time, it's no wonder that Quip is backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. Join me and try it for yourself. 
Make it a family activity. That's why I love Quip. It starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash yoga girl right now, you get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash yoga girl. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I don't know why I'm, I'm really sitting with this kind of dual feeling of wanting to let everything go. Like I do. I would love to take a month. Oh man, I would love to take a year. Let's let's be realistic. I would love to take a month where I don't do any work whatsoever, like at all. Like I would love to take a month off of social media completely. Um, like what I would want to do is the podcast. I love fucking love the podcast. I love <laughs> I love talking to you. I don't know if you guys know this, but talking to you right now is my therapy. I, 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 I love you so much for just listening and allowing me to do this right now. The podcast for me is never something that gives me pressure. Not not really. Maybe if it's like Thursday night at midnight and I haven't recorded yet and everybody's freaking out because Friday morning this podcast comes out. Like it's happened a couple of times. But um, no, the podcast I would continue doing, but I would completely let social media just drop off the face of the earth. And that was one of the, the epiphanies I had at Path of Love. I shared it at the very end. Like it was like a little side note at the po- of the Path of Love podcast was, I don't know if I want to do social media anymore. And that for me is, you know, man, what would life be if I wasn't connected all the time? Right. And I take days off and I take, you know, like whenever I'm with a baby, I never like if I'm immersed and just spending time with her, which is most of my regular um, day. I don't mix that with work. I don't mix that with anything else. So I'm able to be really present with her. And then there are all those moments where I pick up my phone consciously and film something that she does several times a day. Um, you know, we do that. We film for YouTube. I do so many things where I involve my family. So I don't have that kind of. I guess the border or the line between what is personal, what is family, what is private, um, and what it, what do I share with the whole world? Because I share pretty much everything. I mean, if you listen to this show, you know that there's <laughs> very, very little that I don't share all the time, and I'm really comfortable doing that. Um, but what if I took a whole month and I just completely disappeared? Um, this feeling of wanting to let everything go, and that's what really came my way after doing the Sunday sharing sharing that, like, I want to be invisible. I want to be a nobody in a dark yoga shala, sweating my ass off in some yoga class, crying in Shavasana. Um, I want to do this work um, without the feeling of, like, there's always someone there listening. Because that's something that I, that I just, I just know it's true. Like, that's just, you know, I'm not, I'm not making that up. But even at, at a place like Path of Love, like, um, and, and I know there are people there who kind of follow me on Instagram, and it's all love, and it's all beautiful. And Everyone, you know, there's there's no negativity there whatsoever. It's just really, really beautiful to connect with people all the time on such a deep level. But sometimes there's a part of me that wished that I, I was somebody else or that I was, yeah, that I was just this kind of invisible participant that no one looked at twice. So that feeling of wanting to release and let everything go and go be a nobody and not attach it to having to do something else or... Yeah, so what's this vacation that we're thinking about doing? So first we thought, okay, well, after these programs, it's two months back to back. Then it's Chris, It's like going to be December, middle, and I don't know, beginning, middle of December. 
And the Christmas time is my favorite time of the whole year. So I know for sure, you know, I'm not going to want to travel then. So, so I thought, okay, well, maybe we could travel in January and we have a retreat in January. So, okay, we have like two weeks at the very beginning of January where we could go somewhere. And sometimes coming out of a program, I feel super kind of like not depleted, but really tired. And I need to just replenish myself. And I do the best form of replenishment for me is being home. So the idea of traveling somewhere after program is like really stressful. But what if you travel for vacation? I don't know. We never do that. Is that is that more relaxing? <laughs> I don't know. For me, traveling wherever we go, like it's always really stressful since we had the baby. But what if we were going to travel somewhere, say, like another Caribbean island? Like we live in Aruba. We never travel around the Caribbean. It's like such a waste. We live five minutes away from thousands of islands, like paradise islands that um, that we've never seen. I mean, I've been to other islands, but not with Dennis, not, you know, as an adult. Um, and it would be great to do that. So just just that thought, like maybe it's maybe it is more relaxing if you're just traveling and it's just a couple of hours and then you go to like a hotel somewhere and you eat hotel breakfasts and you lie on the beach. <laughs> I'm envisioning now what vacationing is going to be like. And you lie on the beach and I have a husband who hates lying on the beach. Like he hates lying on the beach, how other people kind of hate, I don't know, waiting for the bus in the rain. Like he, the the, the idea that touristy thing, which I mean, I'm Swedish. Swedish people are obsessed about sunshine. We, ob, I mean, we obsess over getting tan and tanning. Swedish people, I think, have more uh, skin cancer than any other nation. I think Australia and Sweden are like way up there. Even though Sweden, we have no sun. It's because we go on vacation and we spend like 15 hours a day. Like every moment the sun is up, like half of the day, we just lie on the beach frying uh, to get tan. And yeah, of course, that comes with a lot of side effects. But yeah, Dennis just, he's like, he doesn't understand the, uh, the, he doesn't understand the point. He's like, what? So you just, you just go on vacation, you go to the beach in a bathing suit and you just lie there? He's like, Why? What do you mean? Like, you know, for him, like the sun is something that you avoid. You're in the sun if you have to go in the sun because you're exercising or something. Like he used to be a windsurf instructor. So yeah, then he would spend all day in the sun teaching windsurfing. Um, Or, you know, if now he's biking or running or doing something in the day, like the sun is this necessary evil. But like what kind of person goes on vacation and pays to go to a resort and lie in some sort of plastic sunbed? (laughs) just to be in the sun. He's like, you guys are all insane. And I'm like, dude, that's how we vacation. Like that's, that's like, that's what we wait for all year is like the one week of the year where we get to go to like South of Spain or Greece or Italy or something. And we can just lie in the sun and come home and be really tan for five seconds before it flakes off and we lose all of our skin. Yeah, that's, that was my whole life. (laughs) growing up and of course now like I've lived in the sun now for 10 years like we're never in the sun I mean now like I I my lifestyle is like Dennis's like we avoid the sun as much as we possibly can we are never ever ever in the sun on purpose you know if we go to the beach it's really early morning or right at sunset Uh, we're just we're never in the sun um but I still kind of like now thinking of the idea of vacation, I'm like, well, that would be kind of nice just to like, you don't have to lie in the sun. Like, we can get an umbrella. We can lay in the shade and the baby can play in the sand. And, you know, we can like sleep early and like drink wine at nice dinners. I don't know. Like it, it sounds like it would be a really nice thing to do. And then we were thinking about that. Okay, maybe the Caribbean would be nice. And then, you know, I've been missing Costa Rica for so long. Really, really, really. It's been... Uh, yeah, since I got pregnant, we haven't been back. And and then we decided, okay, well, maybe we make like, we do like a two or three week vacation in Costa Rica and so we could rent a little house in the jungle and that would be, you know, probably cheaper than a resort vacation in the Caribbean somewhere. Okay, let's do that. And then immediately my brain was like, but what if we would do something like a retreat or something? And then my, my high wired brain goes, oh, the retreats that we used to do in Costa Rica are some of my all time most cherished retreats like they've oh, I I remember every second of each one we've done so many and it's it's just I used to live in Costa Rica I lived there with my best friend and she died and it's kind of like every time I every time I land in San Jose at the airport it's it's I feel closer to her um so immediately I started planning something in my brain of like oh we should do this and this and this and this and that and now, I don't know, a couple of weeks have passed since we started talking about this vacation thing. We haven't booked anything. 
Um, I kind of feel like it's not going to happen anymore. And I don't know. I don't understand how I can be this total dual person of, I want to let go. I want to be on vacation. I want to get off of social media. I want to stop and just relax. But at the same time, I want to control everything. And if any decision happens that I'm not aware of, I will kind of lose my mind. <laughs> like, isn't there some cool, relaxed middle ground that where I could exist, where I could let go sometimes and stay in control sometimes and float between the two or just be this chill person who's like fine with either or? I don't know. I just can't. Um, a couple of days ago or the day after, no, how many days? Three days ago, um, I went to yoga in the morning and I opened the door to the shala and I put my mat down and I look up and something has happened in the Luna shala. So we have these two huge windows on either side of the altar and uh, that we just kind of opened up to have natural light in the studio. And behind those windows, there's a little garden where we have some just palm trees, like mini palm trees and like some vines and things like that. And then behind that, there is a, uh, a raw, like a wooden fence, like a dark wooden fence. Um, and it's really beautiful. And then I, you know, I walk in the shala and I look up and the fence has been painted white and not like white stained, but like white, white. It's, it's blaring. Like it's white. And the class is just beginning because of course it was like a tiny bit late. And I'm like, what? <laughs> because this is not like, you know, a tiny little detail. Like it was like, it's, it's fully shifted the, the look of the Luna Shala, which is our main, it's the center of the whole studio. And, and at first glance, I was like, who authorized this? Who painted this fence? I mean, it's a small thing, but it's a huge thing. Like it's, it's, it's just, it's changed a lot. Like the whole line, light in there looks different now. And I'm like lying on my mat. And I think Jess is teaching is one of my favorite teachers at the studio. And I can't hear a single thing she's saying, you know, guiding me through the beginning of my practice, because all I can think about is who authorized this without my knowledge? Like someone, you know, has made this major decision at the studio and I have never heard of it. No one ask me if this is okay. No one asked permission. No one even mentioned this. Like, why? What's the point? Like, I don't understand. And my mind is like going crazy, 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 crazy. And then I'm like, wait, okay, I'm in, I'm in class. Like, okay, let's just, I can worry about this later. Like what's the, you know, the big deal. If, if it's terrible, like I can have it repainted big deal. Like, why is my mind going crazy? And then I started thinking about it. Like, why is my mind going so crazy about this? Is it really that I hate it, that it's ugly with the white? Or is it the fact that nobody asked me? And then I look up and I take a breath and I, come, I start listening to Jess and she's guiding us through the class and into the body. And, and I look back at the fence and I'm like, it's kind of nice. <laughs> it's like, it makes the whole shala brighter. Like, and then I like laid back down and then I peek back at the fence. I'm like, I think I love it. <laughs> and I lie back down and then we start practicing and I'm looking at the fence. I'm like, man, I really, really like it. Like it's, it's, it's really nice. It's really, really nice. And then at some point later in the class, I kind of lost focus a little bit. And then my mind again goes like, but who decided to paint this fence without asking me? And then I went down that spiral again and I look at the fence and I'm like, oh my God, I fucking hate it. It's so ugly. It's ruined the whole shala. It's not as cozy anymore. And you know, the whole class, like I was kind of struggling with being present in my body and then in my head about, do I hate or love this fence? There's no middle ground, but like, ah, oh, big deal. It's just a fence. It was either absolute hate or total love. It's beautiful. I couldn't settle. And then... <laughs> after practice like I don't know it's something with the baby and I just I just completely forgot about it and then today I mean this was three days ago I forgot about it completely didn't tell anybody anything and then today we had a meeting to prepare for the retreat tomorrow and I was like and I remembered and I was like hey like the fence outside the shala like it's painted and the team is like yeah I'm like who just out of curiosity like who who authorized that and they're like what Dennis did like Dennis oh what do you mean yeah Dennis like it's been raining so much we had to stain it because it was like it was getting super wet it was just absorbing all the water um, and we had to we had to put something and there was an option we could choose a color and he wanted it white and I was like oh man <laughs> I don't know like this might sound like a minor like who gives a shit thing for you guys but 
it was just this big, I don't know, I was just laughing at myself. Like, man, I spent, I kind of wasted a whole yoga class agonizing about a stupid fence that doesn't even matter, which actually objectively looks really good. Wondering who on the team made this decision without asking me. And it's my husband. (laughs) Oh my God. I don't know how I have this neurotic, controlling brain living in this soft, gentle heart body. Like, I, I, I don't know how these go together, but maybe that's the practice, you know, of life. <laughs> maybe that's, maybe that's the practice of, of, yeah, of, of fucking everything. <sighs> finding the, oh, we talk about that a lot. Like, I know I'm going to talk about that this week at our retreat, finding the balance between the, the steadiness and the ease, right? The, the firmness and the softness, the shtira and the sukha. Um, we talk about that in our postures, in our asana, also in our breath, how we walk through life. Um, and I think in my, my life, my firmness, my steadiness, my, that rigidness um, can overpower. And I think, um, you know, if I go even deeper into that, like when I get upset with the idea of, uh, of not having control or when I get upset with the idea of people making decisions without asking me for major things, which in a way, yeah, like how the studio looks, like the shala, that is a major thing and it's my studio and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's also like, who cares? It's just a fence and it's easy to change if it's not good. Like why make such a big, why agonize over it in the middle of yoga class? Like why can I not let that go? But yeah, so that that kind of controlling side of me and the most, I guess, the most beautiful and the most challenging piece or thing, I guess, about the past couple of years has been entering motherhood and having absolutely no fucking control. Because <laughs> that's that's what motherhood is. It's having no control whatsoever. And I know being a mother has completely changed me. I mean, in, in so many ways. Just the fact that our team is this big right now, like there are so many people doing different tasks with different responsibilities, different roles, different titles, working really, you know, serious jobs, long hours every day. I don't know what everybody does. <laughs> I, mean, I can say that like, you know, I'm not even like ashamed of saying that. I don't know what everybody does on our team. Like I don't know all the ins and outs of their day to day because we have managers and a COO and other people who, who deal with that. Like I don't deal with all the details of that. And I'm fully okay and trusting that that that's the best thing. I trust every single person on our team. I know they're doing their jobs. I know they're doing a great job. Um, I don't have to micromanage them. We're looking to every single thing that happens. Um, and I think two years ago, never. Like I would have never been, I think, even comfortable having a big team, knowing that, you know, the more people we hire um, to work in the Yoga Girl group of companies, um, the less control I have, of course. Like, you know, for a really, really long time, it was just me and Dennis and we had one assistant. Like that was our whole team for a really long time, like pulling really heavy weight. Um, and I would work 24-7 all the time, like literally all the time at an insane speed. Um, and now, you know, I, I still work a lot, but that kind of intense pressure that would deeply show up in my body, it would show up in my relationship, um, it would show up in different ways as this kind of tension because I never, ever, ever put anything down. And also I never trusted anyone to really do their job in a good way. Like That's just, yeah, I mean, it was a really, not a very pretty side of my personality, but I had really serious trust issues and trusting that anyone would actually be able to do their job, which of course is a reflection of me a thousand percent, not of anybody else. And it took becoming pregnant. I think I was seven and a half almost eight months pregnant um, when we hired Angela on our team. Angela is our COO. She's basically my boss now. And it was a major thing. She had a really successful yoga studio in Sweden, like a super, super, super successful studio, a serious business. She has two kids and a husband. Um, she quit all of that, left everything behind to come on board and and, and, and run this ship for us uh, full time. It was a crazy scary thing for me to do. But I came to a place where I realized there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to do this mom thing and be fully present with my baby and run all of this on my own with an iron fist. Like it's, it's just not going to happen. So the universe kind of it brought me this beautiful, beautiful little 
little crazy person, because that's what this baby has turned into right now, um, to soften my controlling mind. I mean, that's it. And when I really look into that, like, why is it so hard? Um, for me, it's, it's, it's total, it's all fear. Like I am always really fearful of failing. I'm, f- I'm fearful that everything's going to fall apart. I have this kind of innate um, sense that if I don't do it myself, it's not going to get done. If I don't micromanage everything, it's not going to work. And if I step away, everything falls apart. And why do I feel that way? Probably because that's how my family was when I was little um, and and for a really long time. And I, and I had that role for a reason. And I can see that now kind of with, yeah, from this really positive space, like um, it's a beautiful thing for me to fill that role and that there was someone there to fill that role for my siblings and for my mom growing up that, you know, I, I was, was able to to take charge and do good things and, um, and then support my brother and all of this. Um, but I don't have to live my whole life like that. Like that was maybe a role I had to fill for a little time, a little moment. And that moment is over. And it doesn't mean that I have to do everything for everyone always, you know, until my dying breath. No, not at all. And, you know, for every moment that I release control and I settle back and just trust, not just in that life is going to take me where I need to be, but also trusting in that there are other people who are not only as good as doing things that I am, but there are people out there that are way better than me at so many things. (laughs) Holy shit. There are things out there that I could, you know, no matter how hard I try or how much I fight, I'm never going to be great at. And I need people to fill those spaces. Um, And I need to continuously hire people that are better than me at so many things. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. I've been doing a lot of research lately on what the best diet is for my three dogs, like Akila and Ringo. I don't feel good giving them highly processed canned foods or dried foods with questionable ingredients. Humans are not healthy on a diet like that, so why would our dogs be? The healthiest food for your dog is real, fresh, unprocessed foods. So I'd like to introduce you to The Farmer's Dog, the company helping dogs live longer and healthier lives with fresh, ready-to-serve meals delivered directly to your door. Over the years, clever marketing has convinced pet owners to feed unhealthy and highly processed kibble to their pets. But The Farmer's Dog has said no more to this false advertising. If your pup is ready to give this all-natural, fresh food a try, just complete a short questionnaire on the Farmer's Dog website. A vet-developed meal plan will be created to fit your dog's exact nutritional needs. The food arrives at your door in pre-portioned packs ready to open and pour. It's easy and it looks and smells like real food because it is real food. Food matters. In fact, studies show that even adding fresh foods to your dog's diet can reduce cancer risk by 90%. Our dogs are a part of our family and they deserve the best. So give them that with the farm. Farmer's dog. Start feeding your dog better today. Get 50% off of your two-week trial of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash yoga girl. Plus you get free shipping. Just go to thefarmersdog.com slash yoga girl to get 50% off of your first two weeks. That's thefarmersdog.com slash yoga girl. Of course, the moment that, that, you know, we, we had that first big hire onto the team and we brought Angela on, that was my big moment of letting go. And since then, you know, our team has grown and grown and grown and grown. Our business has expanded and grown and, you know, gone totally crazy places I could have never imagined. And my life is way more manageable. Oh my God, my life. uh, Yeah, it's, it is really balanced, actually. (laughs) I might not take vacations all the time or be fully off often, um, but I, I don't walk around with this kind of ticking time bomb in my hands. Like that's not, which is a feeling I used to have before. Like, you know, we would travel 45 weeks out of the year and we had to just go, go, go all the time, go somewhere, go somewhere. And now my, my, that general sense of uh, my longing is just to be here, to be still, to be in one place, to be home. I never had that before. I guess I never allowed myself to be in one place long enough to miss that. And then I had the baby and I realized, oh, like I have everything I'm ever going to need right here. I don't have to run anywhere and I have to rush anywhere and I have to escape anything. I can just be here and yeah, and let things settle. And that challenge or that, yeah, that practice for me of letting go of control, of, of softening, of not bulldozing people, of, oh, of receiving, of, of stepping back, of taking vacation, which maybe one of these days is going to happen. I don't know. 
um, it's a continuous thing. And I think it's never going to ever go away. I don't think I'm ever going to just become one of those people that are really easygoing. Like I'm not an easygoing person. <laughs> That's why I have to do all this damn yoga. That's why I have to meditate all the time. Like it's not because I'm this Zen enlightened being that I meditate every day. If I don't meditate every day, I don't know, <laughs> honestly, what type of person I would be. You know, we have to all find our own way to do our own work. And not leading all the time. The fact that I'm even longing for that, I think that's huge progress for me. I don't know. Honestly, I'm just I'm just totally venting right now. <laughs> right now, this whole podcast is just me totally venting right now. But maybe there are people out there who feel the same. I don't know. I feel like I'm not the only person with control issues. I'm not the only person who kind of want to know the ins and out of, of everything that, that's happening. And then I look at someone like Dennis, who is just like, yeah, whatever is cool. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, cool. If it doesn't work out, that's fine. If it works out, that's fine. <laughs> he's just like, wherever the wind takes him, he's like, cool. Yeah, that's great. Chill. You know, if things don't work out, he's like, well, I guess it, you know, wasn't meant to be. And if things do work out, he's like, oh, fun. But he doesn't have this massive attachment to either space. It's just, I don't know, it's a really admirable quality. My brother is kind of like that too. It's just, just totally different from me. And if there's something that we that we learn in Path of Love, it's really not just, you know, and recognizing our, um, so in AA, which is also something that I've been talking about a lot, um, our character defects, our character flaws. So, what parts of my personality aren't so beautiful? Like what what's, what sides of me do I not put on display for people to see, right? Maybe what sides of me do I not show on Instagram, for instance, or, you know, um, what, what do I leave back in the shadows? Like for me, my controlling side, like it's not a beautiful side. It's not a pre thing. It's not like this whole podcast sharing this with you. It's not really like a like an ad for an awesome person like this for me it's it could be a really embarrassing thing to share like I can be really really controlling and and um, like bulldoze other people and not give other people space to shine and um, fearful to let go and, and all of these things they're all character defects or character flaws like I don't love the word defect but, but maybe a flaw is a better word um, but they come from some place right so whatever your you know character flaws are or whatever um, I guess personality traits that sometimes trip you up. <laughs> That's a long, long way of putting that. But a personality trait that trips you up um, can be a side of yourself that shows up again and again that makes life harder than it has to be. For me, if my controlling side is the side that leads the way, my life becomes eventually impossible. No one wants to hang out with me. <laughs> Like, like if I'm really that controlling, bitchy, bulldozing person, like that's not a nice side of me. No one would want to spend time with that person. After a while, I don't want to spend time with that person. Um, it creates this total tension in all of my relationships, uh, in the business, between me and Dennis, like between me and my, and my friends, being that um, controlling person that has to get her way. It's just, it's not, it's not the side of me I want to lead with but I also can't ignore it I can't pretend to be this super chill easygoing person that doesn't care about anything if I, if I would pretend to be that it's, it would just be faking it and it would shine through eventually but that personality trait it comes from somewhere right and it becomes overpowering in certain moments and in other moments it's you know doesn't even show so figuring that out like where does that come from what turned me into this person how did I become that way and when that side of me really shows up and starts tripping me up um, and now I think these days I, I I'm pretty good at catching it before it trips me up so um, let me show you an example so that moment in class uh, if I were if I hadn't been able to sit with it myself and kind of do that mental thing back and forth um, but if it would have become big enough of an issue and I would have just exploded. Maybe I would have left the class and like gone to the team and, you know, who painted that fence? Like I could have made a whole thing of it. Or maybe right after class, I would call a meeting and be really angry and like, who authorized this? And I've been gone for three weeks. Doesn't mean you can change stuff at the studio. Like I could have been upset about it or angry about it or made someone feel bad about it. And then, you know, would have found out that it was actually my husband who did it. And then I would have been really embarrassed and I would have created this totally weird situation, you know, between me and, 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 and my people. 
Um, which, you know, all of it played out in my head, but I didn't go there, right? So catching that is a really big thing. And it's because I, I try to do this work as much as I can. And I try to be really aware of those sides of myself and knowing I don't have to react right away, but I can pause, sit back. And usually there's a better solution, but it comes from somewhere, right? So for me, I know most of, if not all of these sides of me come from having grown up with a mom who wasn't really fully equipped all the time to be a mom, right? So with a mom who was really sad and suicidal and depressed and didn't always want to live. And um, for me, it kind of, I had to take on that role of being the driving person in the family, like uh, blowing out the candles at night so she wouldn't forget and burn the house down or, you know, making coffee for her in the morning every day or making breakfast for my brother or looking left and right as we crossed the street alone and all that stuff. Like I took on that role and maybe it was exaggerated and it kind of made it in my, you know, five-year-old mind, um, bigger than it than it should have been. But I definitely didn't have that um, sense of trust in my life. Right? I could trust in that I had parents who were just unconditionally there for me, who would take care of me. Instead, I had a parent that I had to take care of. So of course, that made me into a really controlling person, and it was a really good reason. Like there were actual moments where you know like our curtains caught on fire because my mom forgot to turn the candles or to blow the candles out because she was really depressed because her fiance had died, right? Like stuff like that happened kind of a lot. Um, so having that vigilant eye, always wondering, is my mom okay? Is she, is she, does she want to die? Is she really sad? Is she crying again? How can I make her happy? You know, not having space to just be a child, meaning that, you know, I shouldn't have had to worry about those things. I should have, you know, had that five and six and seven and eight and nine and all those years that were really, really heavy and difficult for me to just be a child and be a child and have a parent who's a parent. And I didn't have that for better or for worse. Um, and it made me into this really controlling person and that feeling of like, if I don't do it, everything falls apart. If I don't hold everything together, everything falls apart because we had several years of our lives that literally were like that. If I don't do it. If I don't lead the way, if I don't make sure that everything is okay, then we're not okay. And I don't think that's the side of me that I'll ever be able to just turn off. But what I can do is be a little bit softer to myself, you know, not beat myself up in those moments where I, if I do lose my shit over something, or if I do, uh, that controlling side really comes out and becomes really, really strong and really heavy. I can catch it. Um, I can apologize if I did something wrong in relation to that. Um, or I can just be a little kinder toward myself, right? Recognizing that, hey, like that side of me, it's valid. You know, it's not a horrible, shameful, ugly side that I should keep in the basement and pretend doesn't exist. Like it's a valid personality trait that I have. And if I let that personality trait kind of shine and lead the way, it takes me some really challenging places. But if I acknowledge that, hey, I have this really controlling side of my of myself because it's hard for me to trust that other people have my back, right? That's what it comes down to. It's hard for me to trust that I'm cared for. It's hard for me to trust that I can relax. Oh, just saying that makes my body like, oh. I just kind of drop my head into the pillow I'm, I'm sitting at here in my bed. Yeah, like it's, it's hard for me to trust that I can actually relax because having grown up with this vigilant eye of always being worried, always feeling like I have to make sure my mom stays alive, you know, that's a really heavy thing. It's not a weird thing that it's hard for me to just sit back and receive because I feel like I always have to be on high alert all the time. And life right now, you know, it's not what it was when I was five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like it's not, it's not that. But those years were shaped me enough at that you know, really sensitive time in my upbringing that um, it's made me part of who I am. And of course, it's also brought me to where I am. So I can't, I can't resent that time either. I can't sit here and uh, be upset with my mom or want something, wish that, that life would have been different or, um, you know, that would lead to nothing. Like all of that, as heavy as it was, brought me here. And that controlling side of me also gets things done for sure. That controlling side of me makes sure that everybody is safe. It makes sure that 
you know, I, I keep track of everything and everybody all the time. Nothing gets missed. No one falls behind. Um, you know, every single person that emails us gets a response. Uh, if anybody expresses any sort of, um, you know, we have different ways of kind of flagging emails when they come in. We often get people that are suicidal or going through heavy things. Um, and we have a huge support system for that. Like all of that is created from me growing up in that way. The fact that Yoga Girl exists is thanks to that time in my life. The fact that I'm a yoga teacher, the fact that I'm really great at holding space for people moving through emotional pain and trauma, like I developed that ability from going through that time in my life, right? From having a mom who was exactly the way she is and from 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 having to become that kind of fearful, non-trusting, controlling person to make life and my family work, you know, it's a valid side. So once I can, you know, bring that part forward and, and validate that, that part of me immediately goes like, oh, like it just softens. Like, okay, thank you. It's like controlling Rachel, fearful Rachel is like, okay, like you, you get that I'm fearful here. You get that I'm worried. And it manifests in silly things like the stupid fans and the shala. Like, do you get like, what if, you know, I, I can't control this, then what would happen? Like the whole studio would fall apart if I didn't know where what everything is, what, where everything is and everything that's going on. And, you know, everybody would lose their job and we would go out of business and we wouldn't be able to feed our baby. And, you know, like that disaster scenario. Fearful Rachel is like, okay, okay, okay. You get why I'm fearful. You get why I'm here. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I'm just going to sit back here then and just, and just hope that you got this. <laughs> and then trusting Rachel is like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Like, I acknowledge you. You can stay here. Like you can stay in the car. Just don't drive. Right. So like put fearful Rachel in the back of the car and then trusting Rachel can steer the ship or drive the car. And I mean, that's, 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 that's the practice. That's what it is. That's what it has to be. And now like being able to even sit with that and acknowledge that that personality trait or that side of me it's there for a reason it gets things done and acknowledging when it gets overpowering how that trips me up then I'm able to change things right then I'm able to bring out another side of me and maybe react different differently to that same situation which is for me the essence of what personal development is all about is recognizing why I am the way I am and then if I need to change something we are able to change it. But we can't get to that place of changing something about ourselves if we don't know the root of it, if we don't know where it came from, if we can't connect all the dots from that moment, that trauma, that separation, that lot, whatever it was that happened to us when we were little. And all of this stems from our, our childhood, our mother, our father, like all of it, it goes back into this primal place. Once we're able to connect all the dots, it's like the puzzle pieces of our past puzzle pieces of our upbringing just they all fall into place and something clicks in our minds it drops into our hearts and it settles in our bellies as like ah, I get it <laughs> and once we get it we're able to create a whole new reality we totally are once we get it we can manifest anything we want we can see what doesn't work and we can change it. We can see what does work and we can emphasize and move toward that place. And we can, you know, with that dif different sense of understanding of where we come from, we're able to live life with this whole other type of energy, which for me is a much softer energy than what I was, you know, what I grew up with. It's a, it's a much more inviting place. It's a place that, you know, it's the voice that's talking to you right now. And it requires doing this work again and again. And sometimes it requires looking at that, ugly side of ourselves and really sitting with it and like oh like I I do that to people or I act like that in these situations and oh like it's not pretty but but it's a part of me so how can I use that and learn right and, and maybe even create something different maybe even manifest something really beautiful and growth out of that place and with that <laughs> I just decided what our, I'm not going to tell you, but mm, our Sunday sharing, um, I know what our theme for this Sunday sharing is. If you're listening to this podcast on podcast day, which is Friday, Sunday sharing is two days away. If you aren't in the Yoga Girl community group yet, please um, go to Facebook, search Yoga Girl community and apply to join. Um, and on Sunday I will go live and I will, um, 
I will do our sharing with a specific topic then. And you can take your phone, I think the phone is the easiest, or your computer and just find a quiet place to sit, um, prop your camera up somewhere and share the way I am sharing with you right now. And it can be as long or as short as you want. What's important is that you're able to do this loop right? This spiral into yourself of just sharing, sharing, sharing how we're feeling, what's moving, what's difficult, what's easy, what's fucking painful, what's scary, um, until you get to a place of, of something clicking into place. Hmm. So thank you. Thank you for being the space I can return to where everything clicks for me again and again. Everything just clicks here. So my big epiphany from this podcast or the sentence that's kind of ringing in the back of my head, it's hard for me to trust that it's safe to relax. I'm going to go book myself a vacation. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. I love you so, 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 so much and wishing you a beautiful day. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, Lone Body, Quip, and The Farmer's Dog. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.